This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Is Cuyahoga County government truly as incompetent as it seems? Or did we make a mistake when we built a new form of government a decade ago, unintentionally making a structure guaranteed to be incompetent? After years of warnings, why aren't we more prepared for a pandemic like the China coronavirus that seems a certainty to arrive in Ohio? And with Cleveland.com giving up on online comments, what will it take to get Americans back to civil conversations? These are some of the questions we're tackling on this bonus episode of our This Week in the CLE podcast at Cleveland.com. Each Saturday, we ask the intriguing questions that linger from the week's news. On Thursdays, we publish our regular episode in which reporters and editors break down the news of the week. I'm your host, Cleveland.com editor Chris Quinn. How many times in your lifetime have you been told about the deadly Spanish flu of 1918 with warnings about how a pandemic will come again? A lot, right? So why aren't we prepared? Why haven't government health agencies been working with us all of these years to have protective masks, medicines, and basic supplies in our homes to deal with a pandemic? We're all talking about it now. The China coronavirus, with the name of COVID-19, looks likely to spread widely, and we're all likely to be exposed to it. At Cleveland.com, we've been talking about how to prepare for it for a month, but word this week that it looks like it's guaranteed to come to Ohio has many people worried about what to do. But why? Wouldn't it have made more sense, with public officials saying a pandemic of some sort has been a certainty for years, for the government to have worked with all of us to be prepared? Because that did not happen, we are already seeing a shortage of medical supplies like masks. The good news about this virus is for the majority of people who get it, the symptoms are those of a mild cold. So maybe when we get to the other side of this thing, public health departments will work with us to ensure we all build a safety kit to have on hand for the next time a pandemic threatens. Did we make a mistake in Cuyahoga County when we designed a new form of government a decade ago? Did we design something so bad that it guarantees the inexplicable level of incompetence that we see in the administration of County Executive Armand Budish? It's a troubling question. I oversaw the coverage of the huge Jimmy DeMora and Frank Russo corruption scandal that persuaded voters to get rid of the county commission form of government for one headed by the executive. I oversaw the coverage of the design work for the new government and long have thought that reform was in our best interest. I still believe the new form makes corruption less likely, 
But the week after week bumbling of Budish's administration is troubling. It's almost impossible to comprehend. Every week brings another revelation. Bollocked tax bills, mistakes with paychecks, unpaid vendors, enormous overruns on runaway contracts. We keep thinking the stream of mistakes has to end, but it never does. Can anyone be this incompetent? Or does the structure of the government somehow omit paths of accountability like we had when we elected the people in charge of the various departments? When we elected a treasurer, the treasurer's job was to make sure that the bills were paid. Should we rethink what we created and fix it? Or is this about finding a strong leader who can make this structure as we designed it work for the people? What is it about sitting in front of a screen instead of a fellow human being that removes the normal barriers to incivility? Why does the internet bring out condescension and general meanness in our interactions? Can this country find a format for civil discourse in the digital age? These questions follow our decision at cleveland.com to close down our commenting platform. We tried for years to host a place where people of diverse backgrounds could debate each other about a wide range of topics. No matter what we did, though, a tiny group used the platform to rapidly attack others, often with cruelty, and most people, desiring civility, stayed away. So finally, we ended our comments platform. We'll continue to engage with our audience in other ways, but what of polite discussion? When I was a kid, the adults in my life had thoughtful discussions all the time, at dinners, parties, churches, and elsewhere. They disagreed with each other plenty, but they did so graciously. Today, people mainly talk to others who think just like them. Our website was the rare place that brought people together of different stripes, which is why we wanted the comments to work for civil discussion. Where else do people gather today where they can respectfully disagree? The fate of the nation rests on our ability to talk and politely disagree. Can we get back to that? Is there an idea out there for a digital discussion format that does not break down the way our comments platform did? What are the obstacles to Cleveland making its police department as diverse as the city it serves? Cleveland City Council is unhappy about the current state. About a third of the police department is minority in a city where the population is roughly two-thirds minority. It's not as if the city has not tried to correct this. Mayors dating back to Michael R. White worked hard to raise the percentage of minority officers. Is the problem distrust? It is a city with the record of police mistreatment of residents, as evidenced by the ongoing consent decree with the federal government to improve policing. Do African-American residents, who could become police officers, shy away because they simply don't trust the police? Has the city worked hard enough with youths to help them aspire to become officers? It's not just police, either. EMS and fire are much more white than the city is. Cleveland has plenty of people who can't find jobs, and being an officer carries a good wage. What does the city need to do to get its African-American residents to want to be police officers? Should I and people like me feel guilty about how much we are enjoying this year without the winter in Cleveland? 
Should we not exult in the many spring-like days we've had when we know the cause is climate change that threatens to wreck our planet? Or is it okay to step outside when the temperature tops 50 in January or February and enjoy every minute of it? The past week aside, we're having a winter like none that I can remember. We've had little snow, and regularly the temperature has risen to those we normally see in spring. In winters past, Lake Erie froze over. This year, no ice at all. Last Sunday, when the temperature was 51 and the skies were cloudless, throngs were in the metro parks, walking their dogs and enjoying the day. Most found it to be glorious. But should glory in the weather come with guilt because we know what it means? Well, Sunday is supposed to be 48 and sunny. It's your choice on whether to enjoy that or feel bad. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of This Week in the CLE. I ask questions like these all week in our new free subtext account. Sign up by sending me a text at 216-868-4802. Then you'll learn each day what questions we're trying to get answered in our newsroom. Even better, you can send me messages directly with what you're thinking about, involving our stories or any other subjects. Thanks for listening to This Week in the CLE.